It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The world is waiting, waiting for new thinking. For bold ideas that embrace a globally connected community, working together to create a better future for all. And that future, it can be found here at UC Riverside. Here, you'll join a community where diversity equals vitality, where support and empowerment lifts spirits and propels ideas forward. Fearless, innovative, connected. UC Riverside. Bold hearts, brilliant minds. Good afternoon, my name's Kevin Graham and welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. Today I'm joined by John Paul Mason, who has a cracking Celtic jersey behind him. Can you explain that jersey, JP? Uh, yeah, I, I, and I've, I've deliberately put it up because I probably foolishly read some comments in the, uh, the first podcast and there was a lot of uh, fans of the other uh, team in Glasgow or one of the other teams in Glasgow commenting, slagging my name. Uh, yes, I know I have a very contradictory name. Uh, my friends in the Twilight Sad call me Tim Tim Prodi, so John Paul. <laughs> uh, and I didn't pick my surname, I didn't pick my forename either, but I was named after uh, the Pope, uh, Pope John Paul, Carol Wojtyla, 
uh, but Mason, my dad was from Bradford. They had an English surname, so you know that's it. It's not there's no uh, lodge connotations or anything like that. But when I played at Celtic Park in a football aid game, I rather than have Mason on the back of a Celtic top, I thought I'd put my grandfather's name, which is my mum's maiden name, which is uh, Stabilski, because he was Polish. So when I played in that game at, uh, to, in 2011, uh, I, I, I wore that top. So that's the actual top that I wore. So brilliant, brilliant. So so you like uh, John, uh, like Paul John? I've actually played at Celtic Park. You've had the experience of stepping on that hallowed turf. And uh, I believe me, even in the in the warm up, it was uh, it was a buzz. But then to actually get on for the second half uh, and play, and then not only play but score, and then not only score but score a second, and then oh. not a second but score a third. So, oh. uh, and I stupidly didn't take the match ball, which was absolutely. <laughs> I, I was just so caught up in the moment, I completely forgot that I should have taken the match ball. So I should have a a match ball in here right now as well to present to you, but um, I didn't, and I, I regret that. And uh, Danny, I played against Danny McGrain, and Joe Miller was in my team, so what a day. <laughs> I've got the whole oh, game. Brilliant. Br- brilliant. Yeah. So there you go, that's that top explained. Oh, that, that, that's magic. I, I must admit, I've, n- I've never played on Celtic Park, but I was uh, privileged enough to take part in um, the Hillsborough, uh, after Asper after the, the 30th anniversary of Hillsborough mm-hmm. and the, the, the justice campaign, I was asked to take the banner around Celtic Park before one oh, of the yeah. games. Uh-huh. So that's the only time I've ever, I've ever been on the pitch. But I remember when I was walking round, you got to one of the corner flags and you looked up at that big north stand mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, how, how small do you actually feel oh, on yeah. that park when you, when you were walking round? And I, I can't imagine playing on it. It's it's one one of those things. Eh, I always always wanted to do it as a young laddie, but get carrying that Hillsborough banner around is probably the closest I'm ever going to get to it now because I'm, I'm I'm too old now to actually even think about playing any charity games well, or stuff like that. Eh? So yeah, but, we've still got a 35 year old in midfield, uh, <laughs> so uh, it's, not, it's not over yet. Uh, well, well, we might get there. By the way, that's not a dig at Scott Brown. <laughs> uh, well, I've actually got 10 year on Scott Brown, eh? so. <laughs> Uh, and, and I haven't looked after myself like Zlatan and uh, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, so uh, um, I, I've had too many years of a rock and roll life, lifestyle to actually <laughs> uh, to be able to keep my, keep myself uh, fit for that. What did you think? I mean, this is Hugmanay. This is going to be a strange Hugmanay for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was thinking. I was thinking today one, one of the strange. Uh, traditions that we used to have in Bannockburn and the scheme that I stayed in Bannockburn was a guy used to come out at midnight with his shotgun and and when the bells went he would fire oh, the yeah. shotgun <laughs> he would fire the shotgun in there uh, and when you there was loads of kids in the scheme at that point and when when you when you turned 13 you got a shot of the shotgun at midnight. Oh, really? <laughs> oh. uh, I, I, I never, I never took a shot because um, 
<laughs> Basically, I was built like a scale at that point, eh? And the, the shotgun would actually blew me into the following year, never mind. <laughs> and I was just remembering that this morning for some strange reason. I'm going, the bells would go on this guy outside with his shotgun, giving it to you, the kids to have a go at the shotgun to fire it in there. Uh, you're from, you're from uh, Bathgate, eh? Any yeah. strange condition uh, traditions through that way? Nah, there was none of that. Uh, just, just you know, there was always. I stayed in a little cul-de-sac, so we always had like, a, you know, there was usually a gathering at, at one person's house, you know. So everybody would just go there, and I'd sneak a few bottles of uh, baby sham or something similar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, nah, it was never any 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 wild traditions really. Nah, uh, certainly not shotguns getting fired. Shotguns. Anymore, I, I don't know why that came back to me this morning, but it, it did actually just come back to me. It ended uh, obviously. I, I stay in Stirling, eh, and the guy putting this, the shotgun after the Dunblane tragedy he actually oh, had yeah. back. Um, eh. Suit of amnesty, so he, he, put a, he did have a license and all of that for it, but it was just after that he, yeah, he, yeah. he, he put it back. Remember it well, remember it well. Aye, I know, I know. Right, yesterday's game, what did you think? Uh, well, I got to watch it, uh, I, and I, I, yeah, I, I, this has already been said by uh, another another fellow podcaster, friends uh, of mine. Um, they, they used the the John Collins uh, clip, you know, the passing, the moving, the tempo, and it was that was it was all about that in the first half. It was an absolute joy. I was sitting watching it, going, "Is this actually happening? Are we playing this well?" And I know, yeah, you could say we're playing Dundee United, but given the horrendous uh, time we've had of it of late, you know, you you take a performance like that against anybody, and. Uh, Gotta remember we did it against Lille as well, to be fair. So but I mean, yeah, the movement in the midfield was just brilliant. It looked like a really cohesive unit and everybody knew their roles. And I think everybody seems to be bringing the best out of each other, which is something I've not seen in the midfield for a long time. Rather than just having like one person standing out, it's the sum of all parts. It's like everybody and I mean I, I know everybody's gonna be going on about Turnbull, but and I've got a friend who's like a really, really massive Motherwell fan. Like he even goes to like their reserve games and things like that. In fact, he's the he's the head of Rock Action Records, Mogwai's label. Um, his name's Craig, and he uh, he's been going on about Turnbull for a long, long time. And told me at the time when we originally were going to sign him that we were mm-hmm. getting a hell of a player. And uh, I took his word for it, and and now now we're seeing it in, in a Celtic jersey, and he he really is looking. Pretty special, I have to say. He's been a breath of fresh air to the side, and we're now seeing why the club uh, were quite um, desperate to get him for that year. Yeah, and it does make you wonder. You hear him actually talking about what Neil Lennon says to him when he wasn't playing. That Neil Lennon says to him, "You'll get your chance." Uh, and now hindsight's hindsight's utterly wonderful, and we'll say, "Oh, he should have been brought in earlier and during that two and twelve game." Uh, Mm-hmm. One that we went on, but I think we should just enjoy him just now. I mean, that's four goals. He, he's making that midfield tick. He seems to have taken. I said to Paul yesterday that, that he seems to have taken a bit of pressure off uh, Ryan Christie as well, mm-hmm. because there's two creative players in the middle of that park, and yeah. his energy. I haven't seen an energy like that since Petrov in a Celtic jersey. He's he's an he's an utterly box to box player. Yeah. Uh, some something and it's. He, he adds something different to that midfield. The job that he does, Tom Rogic can't do that job. 
And I, no. I was I was thinking that when they brought when the subs were brought on yesterday, I'm going, you're not bringing on light for light here. The 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 four four two that we play with the four in the middle of the park, with, with Turnbull, Christie, McGregor, and Sorrow. You can't replace two of their parts with Brown and Rogic and expect it to work because no. it won't work because no. it needs it needs that certain type of energy uh, in that in the pitch. Um, I, I thought we were great yesterday. I thought we were great against a half decent side yesterday, and yeah. Ross County, even though they got a fantastic result again against Hubs at, at Eastern Road yesterday. Ross County are not at the same level as Dundee United and Hamilton are not at the same level as Dundee United and Hearts are not even at the same level as Dundee United and it was good to actually see us winning the ball back yesterday high up the pitch and that yeah. comes from, that comes from the hunger in the middle middle of the park. Um, what, what did you think of the partnership Eddie and Griff? Well, I mean, that is, it was exciting to see in person happen uh Towards the, the you know the turn of the, this year you know like back in sort of well it feels like forever ago you know like uh, sort of January February and then the early part of March like watching them play together like in the flesh like seeing their link up play seeing what the cameras don't don't pick up you know just the movement of the ball and things like that it's it's really really great to see and they've almost got like a not a telepathic relationship but. Griffiths knows from training how good Edward is and probably knows all the the buttons that he needs to press to get the best out of Edward. So and vice versa, you know, like Griffiths might be a bit of a maniac, but he's a brilliant footballer and he can score goals uh, in all different varieties of goals as well. So I think the two of them, whilst they are an unlikely partnership in terms of, you know, they're not a well, you could say Larson and Sutton were maybe an unlikely partnership because they were, you know, a Sweden and Englishman, you know, and you've got a, a wee guy for, I don't know where, is Griffiths from Leith originally? Uh, yes, somebody, will pro- somebody in the comments will probably keep us right with that, but I think, uh, he, yeah, he, I he, think he is a Leith guy. I think yeah, he's a yeah. Leith boy, yeah. You've got a Leither and then a guy that grew up in the suburbs of Paris, do you know what I mean? So, no much difference. There's a pretty mad difference, and I'm sure that they don't probably socialise outside of work, so to speak. But they definitely will know each other really well from training, and they're both good footballers, uh, and they're both they're both settled in in Celtic and the sort of Celtic style. So uh, it is exciting to see them playing up front again, and you know they're coming together at a really good time when we need them to come together, given that. On the eve of the last uh, uh, game against uh, a team from Ibrox, um, it was Klamala up front. No disrespect to Klamala, but you're kind of going into that game with uh, someone that's not proven at that level. Whereas Eddie's done it. He's done it at Ibrox. He's absolutely destroyed them at Ibrox. Griffiths has destroyed them at Ibrox. Klamala's not done it. So to not have those potent weapons to use against them was, was really tough. And everybody was kind of like, oh, in the tunnel we were beat in, in that game. A lot of people, if you were to ask them, would they sort of said, oh, we're not going to win this game. But this game, you know, at least we're going in with uh, a fighting chance rather than rather than being sort of down on our luck. I think where we are, we can't ask for where, where we've been to where we are now is yeah. probably the best 
confidence-wise we can be going in. We're not overly confident. I would love to be six more weeks down the line and we've been unbeaten yeah. for six weeks. We've been scoring goals for those six weeks. We've been winning games for those six weeks to go into it. But where we've been this autumn going into the start of the winter, um, I don't think we can be going in with any any more confidence than what we've got. For, just Because just we've had such a low starting point, I think. Yeah. I, I think we've had such a low starting point. And where we are, it might not be good enough. It might not. But we have but what we're at, I think the report we're all sitting here hoping is Neil has confidence in what he's found, what he's discovered in this four four two and doesn't revert back to a formation and the players that have that let, let's let's call us let, let's hang with that have failed against Rangers the last three times that we've played them. Yeah. The last three times we've went four two three one and it's completely failed. The last game this season, we didn't lay a glove on them, not at all. And that was a that was a confusing team selection that day. You mentioned Kamala up front. We had Welsh at the back as well. There just seemed to be too many doubts. And for me, coming into Saturday, Neil has to have the confidence in the players that are out there now. I mean, the, today's topic is obviously about about Scott Brown and whether he'll come back in. I can't see Scott Brown coming back in. Uh, I personally wouldn't want him to come back in because I reckon we're at the point now we don't need to out-passion Rangers, we need to out-football them. And we haven't out-footballed them the last three times. Mm. There's no crowd there, there's no emotion to actually feed off. We need to go out there and out-football them now, and that is down to the players. And we need to actually have a look at the players that are in form and play the way that we've played in the last, especially the last game there, have a look at the players in form. And for me, that means no change. That that means it's for their taking the 4 4 2 Rangers and go, you've never came up against this before. You've came up against the 4 2 3 1 plenty of times and you've showed us that you use know how to handle this. How are you going to handle this? How are you yep. going to handle 4 4 2? How are you going to handle the energy of Griffiths, Eddie, Turnbull? Christie and McGregor, how are you going to handle that? I think we've got to go there and try that. If it fails, it fails. And we can we can stick our hands up and go, by the way, uh, we think you've got the measure of us. But we can't just go and revert to type. If it fails, though, then you're going to have a baying mob for the manager, really, because I, I just I don't, under, I don't understand the psychology of this moment because we're going into this game off the back of a, a, a decent you know, start of of a run, really, you know, with strong results together, we've kept clean sheets. Um, so everybody and their dog will want that that team that played, by or large, that team that played yesterday to go and play at Ibrox. But if that team goes to Ibrox and doesn't play the way that they have been playing, is that suddenly Lennon's fault? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't. I don't get how. Put it this way: I can't see anything but a good performance on Saturday from that team. I can't. I, I don't know unless, unless, of course, we have this diabolical defending returns, and that's when the Julie, the Julian thing, him potentially missing the game, is massive. I think because I really hoped that he would play Ayer at right back and play Julian and Duffy in the middle, and then probably Taylor on the left um, for a bit more solidity. But looking at that team yesterday, he's probably going to play Grimpong at right back, Lax out at left, and then. He'll have to bring somebody in to replace Julian, which is probably going to, uh, given, given the substitution, probably going to be beat on. 
or bitten, as he was getting called last week. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I'm not entirely comfortable with Beaton playing centre half. Uh, I know that he's been a steady pair of hands in certain games, but you looked at what he did yesterday in the box. A needless shove. You know, you do that against Morelos, he's going to run with that, and he'll be down. You know, flailing arms and everything else. And I just think you need, Beaton needs to be. If he is going to play, he needs to be a lot more streetwise than than that, because they're going to be pulling out all the stops to do everything they can to to get a win, if, especially if we start well against them. You know, if they get breaks against us, then they're going to use they're going to use what they what they can to get an advantage. You have, you have a look at the the Hearts Cup final. Any time a ball went into the box, we looked like we were going to lose a goal. Yeah, and then that's been the case for months now, and we can't take anything away for Rangers. They've got decent, decent delivery from the two fullbacks and Tavernier and uh, Barisic as, as well, and we've got to stop that. We've got to stop giving away two cheap free kicks. Yeah, uh, round round about the box. That's, that's the thing. The daft thing is, we do give away cheap free kicks, and you go back to like the the Christie tackle in the Milan game you know like absolutely wild tackle on the edge of the box that gives them what was essentially a penalty because like mm-hmm. obviously the boy was you know the free kick was excellent but you know uh, yeah there's got to be a discipline about the players you know amongst everybody across the pitch there has to be a discipline and you know remember where you are on the pitch when you're giving away a foul that is in a dangerous area potentially if it's anywhere wide left or wide right They've got people that can swing in a ball, and they've got. And Goldson's proved it this season that he'll, you know, eat it up in the box. And he's scored a, a crazy amount of headers. I've I've seen mm-hmm. some stats. So, aye, it's all about it's all about discipline of uh, of position. I think as well, you know, folk getting caught out of position is is a worry. Frimpong, in particular, I thought he was great yesterday. He looked really menacing, but. Uh, you don't want any. Reach new career heights with University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business. Flexible MBA and MS options. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired, fearless, unstoppable. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Gaps left behind him. I worry about, I, I do worry about Jermaine. I, I really do. I think it would be really harsh uh, to drop him after his performance yesterday. Yeah. I think it would be really harsh. Um, but like you, I would like to see either at right back, but I, I think your hands are going to be tied because Julian's uh, not going to be fit. And, and yeah, we are going to, there's no way he's getting, he's going to be like that knock. You saw the way he was lying there. It was hor- horrendous. Like the sound when he hit it. Oh, so horrible. I mean, and that he clattered. His, I know that Julian has a tendency to kind of play up to, uh, you know, when he gets tackled or whatever, and he goes down, he taps the ground like a WWF wrestler or whatever, and it's a bit kind of over the top. But I don't think he can be accused in this instance of uh, no. over overdoing it with the with this of uh, like the 
the um, pain uh, protestations because it looked bad. It really did look bad. I would worry about Frimpong the same as I worry about Frimpong when he's on Tinder picking girlfriends for America, eh? Defensive, <laughs> with his defensive um, abilities. Then we'll tough to have a, you'll tough to say to Sorrow and you'll tough to, you'll tough to actually say to Ryan Christie on that side. You've got to watch here. You've got yeah. to go. You've got to be more disciplined than what you're what, going defensively, and you need yeah. to watch when you're going forward as well. I think Sorrow's got a lot more legs and could mm. cover that. But again, that's the way Rangers played. Rangers played really narrow, and they get the word for their fullback. So, I, when you. I watched a bit of the St Murn game when they lost in the cup and St Murn got in their faces. Mm. And I really think that we need to play on the front foot. I think we are better playing on the front foot than trying to trying to sit in. Um, I think when you saw yesterday, we've got to try and win the ball high up the pitch. When we went to Ibrox and won 2 nothing last season, what we done, we pinned them down at the corner in the first 10 seconds. Knock yep. that ball out the park, and I'm sitting there watching it with my dad going, What the? F- <laughs> what the- uh, and we right. pinned them right there down in the corner. Me says, We're playing on the front foot here. Mm-hmm. I think we need to do that, and that's what I'm meaning about out footballing them. There's going to be no baying 50,000 mob there anymore. We've just got to take our game to them. Mm-hmm. And we can argue till the cows come home what our game actually is because it, I sometimes think we're a team without an identity. but when you saw, we've got to say that our game was yesterday, that get winning the ball back high up the pitch, keeping the pressure on, and that's what we've got to do, that's what we've got to do on Saturday for me. If we, if we go there and try to adjust our game for them, then I think we're just playing into their hands, and I think we maybe done that at the first game of the season. I think our team selection at the first game of the season against them showed a hell of a lot of doubt, and I think they, I think they actually they, they thrived oh. on that. The fact that the team was leaked as well, I mean, I, I still don't understand how that is happening. And that's a thing, or it was a thing. It's not Clearly it's not anymore, but I, I, it made me feel sick seeing people saying on Twitter, so anybody got the team yet? You know, just sort of uh, sarcastically saying anybody got the team yet? And it's just like nobody should know the team apart from Neil Lennon and the players that are playing. And if anybody else does know it, they certainly shouldn't be telling it to the press or leaking it on WhatsApp or anything like that. I mean, that, that's just a, a, a despicable thing to be uh, happening. Um, so the fact that the Rangers players knew the team on the way to the ground or, 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 or if it was the night before, I think Goldson said somebody texted them with the team and he was like, that, that can't be the team. That can't be the team. And it turned out to be the team. And it's just like, well, no, that that's you're giving them an inch there straight away. And, uh, well, hopefully there's none of that. But it's like speaking about Brown and uh, the whole Brown era legacy and everything else and managing the sort of end of that, because obviously it is the end of that. I mean, I might actually add, there's a player in their team who's the exact same age as Scott Brown, who nobody's talking about that being the end of his time or anything like that. But that's because he went away and left them when their, sick, their ship was sinking and then came back. Steve Davis, obviously. Steve Davis is 35. No one's talking about, oh, will Davis start or won't he? Or has Davis passed it or isn't he? You know, it's just it's just all about Scott Brown. But that's because Scott Brown's been here throughout this whole time. And it's also because I think Scott Brown is a different type of player to previous players that we've had to manage out of the team, like Neil Lennon. Paul Lambert, Tom Boyd, you know, these guys were not the all-action sort of combative, competitive midfielders, really. I mean, Lambert 
more or less stayed in the same area of the pitch. Whereas Brown, we're used to rampaging around and flying into tackles and noising folk up. And him missing from the team seems to be a bigger deal than maybe those players in the past have been. So I, I think that that's why a lot of people have maybe a like you know a lot of people are wanting Brown to to not play, and I get that. But then a lot of people do want Brown to play as well. So you've got a bit of a conundrum. But the more I think about it, and the more of what you've said there about we need to out out football them, the more I see Soros' name on the team sheet on Saturday. I, I think. I, think I, I take your point about I take your point about Davis, uh, but I don't think Davis is their mindset. Whereas Scott Brown has been our mindset for ten years. Yeah, he's Scott Brown has. Been, the fulcrum of the team. Uh-huh. And Davis as well, Rangers, one of the comments that has disappeared now, but one of the commenters was quite right, and he actually says, Rangers can rotate their team very, better because they play the same way week in, week yeah. out. And you can you could replace Scott, you could replace Steve Davis with Glenn Kamara and you'll get the same sort of formation, the same sort of performance because of the way that they play. Scott Brown is more than just a player to that Celtic team and I think that's why it's a bigger deal. I think Brown, I would love to see Brown on the bench and come off if we're one nothing up with five minutes to go to absolutely wind them up to take the focus of them going away to try and get an equaliser go, no, you're going to focus on me. You're going to focus on me for five minutes here because I'm going to kick one of these as soon as I come on. I'm going to cause I'm going to cause a stushy here. No, remember he done it in a League Cup final against Aberdeen when Aberdeen were getting back into the game. Brendan Rodgers brought him on with nine minutes to go, and the first thing he did was he half uh, Lewis Ferguson. <laughs> uh, and um, what was the guy's name? Is now at Derby with Aberdeen. What the uh, one, of, one of the brothers that's now at Derby, can I remember his name? He got involved and they all started pushing. And yeah. uh, Shinny, Shinny, you know, Jungle yeah. Lions just came in. <coughs> he got involved, and Aberdeen, all the pressure that Aberdeen had in the, in the 10 minutes before that disappeared. Because oh, they, they then started focusing on Scott Brown. Then They then started taking the game to Scott Brown rather than trying to equalise. And I can see that more and more in a Scott Brown role. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that more and more coming in to when Brown's going to get used. I mean, you look at the Hearts game. You've, you had Naismith there who was going to wind us up. Mm-hmm. You had Halliday there who was now going to wind us up. The last couple of Celtic Rangers games, Brown's job has been to try to wind up Morelos. Yeah. And just leave that. As I say, I want to football them. I think it's what we've tried and what's worked previously hasn't worked the last three times, and we need to go into this differently. And our coaching staff, our coaching staff, have got to be thinking about that as well, rather than just going look. We'll go the same again. Look, if it goes tits up, then we can go. We tried that, and that's and I'm and, I, and I'm not going to slaughter the coaching staff for trying that. Yeah, I think like I mean Scott Brown watching that game as he obviously did. For the majority of it, before he he got he got subbed on, like, I mean Scott Brown sitting watching that game, I wouldn't have thought he could have too many complaints about not starting on Saturday. Watching that midfield tick and the way that they complemented each other, you know, I mean, I I don't know the guy, so he, he might be sitting there going, oh, I should, I'm the captain, I should be starting, and I'm fit or whatever. He might be thinking that, but at the same time, he might be like, look, I need to say and. Uh, understand what is for the good of this team and the good of this club and the good of this team and the good of this club is 
a functioning free flow in midfield that you know regardless who was in that opposition yesterday you know any team in Scotland would have struggled against Celtic the way they played in the first half yesterday I, I think I mean I, I, and I include Rangers in that because I just think that they were they were just so at it that everybody was at it and there was no there was nobody hiding in that game yesterday everybody wanted the ball um, and, and it was really really good really good to see what is your team for Saturday then? Uh, I mean, I mean, it's got to be pretty much that team. Yesterday, I mean, I I would play Taylor instead of Laxalt. I don't, I don't dislike Laxalt. I just think, I think Taylor hasn't really done a lot wrong. And I've started to see a few appreciation posts creep up for Taylor from people going, you know, posting a picture of him and then going, "This guy doesn't get enough credit," and you know, posting his stats and all that kind of thing. And I just think. I don't know. I just think that I've got a feeling that Greg Taylor would be a better option at left back uh, than than Laxalt for this game, anyway. Um, centre half, I actually think I would probably bring Duffy back in over uh, Beaton at centre half. I think Duffy, you know, people talk about Lennon and his man management and things like that, and it's all about the timing of putting people in. You spoke about when we put Turnbull in. If he'd have put Turnbull in. Uh, and amongst that time when the pressure was really on and the, 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 the you know the team weren't playing well, that wasn't the right time to put Turnbull in. He picked his moment and he got a moment by luck in the terms of the wheel game being a dead rubber for us anyway. It wasn't a dead rubber for them, let's not forget that. Um, but he got that opportunity to play them that night and they were hungry and they were ready. Their mindset was right. They trained well. They were fit. They'd seen the mistakes that other people had been making in the team and they knew what to do to make things right. And they did. And and from then, they've kicked on from there. So I think the way he took Duffy out of the team when he could obviously see he was having a bit of a nightmare, um, things weren't going for him, you know, he was making mistakes, not being the player that we know that he is. And I think, I mean, it could be a masterstroke to play Duffy on Saturday. I think given that he's... He's a proven center, international centre-half and he's a Celtic fan and you're giving an opportunity to him to go and play in one of the biggest games of the last 10 years. How could you not be completely and utterly psyched and motivated for that game? Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I would go with that. And then midfield, as is, you, you've won me over in terms of the Brown-Sorrow argument, I think, I think. You, you, you have to out-football them and Sorrow's the right move on that front and then Griffiths and Edward up top. That's, that's it. I, I, I agree with you. My, my, my team's exactly the same as yours and I says that yesterday. Stevie Mullen, I'm, I'm, not looking at, I'm, I'm not being rude here but looking at my phone. Stevie Mullen, who's usually on on a Thursday, uh, sent, uh, sent me a message and he uh, his team is really interesting. I'm going to I'm going to read it out because Stevie Ken's a lot more about football than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his his team's a four three three, and right. and they're going to ma- and it's for a matchup basically. Mm-hmm. So his team's Barkas and goals, Taylor at left back. As you say, there's a there's a whole load of appreciation coming out for Greg Taylor now, which is yeah. no surprising to me. I, I've been I've, I've backed him quite a lot. I think Taylor's a decent player. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his centre half pairing is Duffy and Julian with Ayer at right back. His middle three is McGregor, Sorrow, and Turnbull. And his front three 
I'm going to go for the right hand side here because your left hand side might actually cause your jaw to drop. Hmm. The right hand side is Christie, mm-hmm. Edward, and who do you think he's got on the left hand side? Mikey Johnston. Diego Laxalt. Oof. Wild. <laughs> so when I saw this, I went, that's a, that's a really interesting thought. And he's actually gave me his thought process as well. So I'll read, I'll read, out, I'll read out his thought process. Uh, it's a 4-3-3 four, four, three, three, and everybody matches up when I'm opponent. Ayer versus Kent, Taylor versus Hadji, Duffy, Julian versus Morelos or Roof. McGregor, McGregor versus Aribo, Turnbull versus Davis, Sorrow versus Kamara, Christie versus Barisic, Eddie versus Golson, and Laxalt against Tavernia. Right? And he says, happy for their other central defender to get the ball. The way they play out is for Golson to look for Tavernia, and if he's not not on, to play to play into the midfield. And he and the midfielder lays it to the right back or back to Goldson. If we cut off that avenue, it's a punt up the park. So that's the reason that he's playing Laxall out there to give to give a basically stop that out ball to Tavernia. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, I just I don't see Lennon. I mean, it'd be mad if Lennon just suddenly went. Oh, I'm just going to completely change the formation. I think if would that it, if, if it drop on Saturday morning, I think the majority, I think Celtic support would go into meltdown on Twitter. Like, what is he doing? You know, I can't believe he's changed it and blah blah blah. And just uh, it would be mad if that happened. But um, would they be really surprised knowing Neil Lennon's history? Well, yeah, it does make a wild card, but I think in this scenario, he's built this team over the last, you know, three, four weeks. He's built this team up with with Ibrox in mind. You'd like to think that a, a football manager thinks like a snooker game and is thinking, you know, three, four, five, six shots ahead. So I would like to think that Neil Lennon thinks like that. Uh, I hope he does. And then I hope that everything that has gone before is leading towards what will happen on Saturday. You you would think so. There's quite a few comments coming in saying uh, overthinking things. And I've already said that I reckon we overthought the game at at Mm -hmm. Celtic Park at the start of the season. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you've got to just let it breathe, let what naturally has happened over the last couple of weeks and just take that forward. Um, Turnbull, eh, sorry, no Turnbull, Julian being missing is a big miss. Mm-hmm. And that means a massive decision is not going to be in goal, which everybody would have thought before this game. Mm-hmm. Um, the massive decision is going to be in, in the middle of the, the, the defence. Mm-hmm. I'm like you. I would probably bring in Duffy, but it's more likely that uh, Neil Lennon's going to go with uh, beat on or bit on. Uh, what do you think of that? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you go by the fact that he brought him on as a sub yesterday to replace Julian, then he must have just thought, right, well, if this is going to be the case, then I'm going to need to give these guys some time together yesterday. I hope that's not the case. It might not be the case because every, you know, every game is an individual uh, sort of decision. Like it's not as if you know just because that happened yesterday, that's going to happen on Saturday. I don't necessarily think that's the case. Like you said, it's a wild. He's a wild card. And he might be protecting Duffy or or keeping Duffy uh, wrapped up for Saturday. He might have just thought, "Oh, I'll go stick on Beaton because we're winning." Because what what was the score at that point? Was it 
We were two nothing up. As I yeah. says, as I says on the post match yesterday, I reckon he brought on beat on because the way the game was going and we were going yeah. to have we were going to have a lot of the ball. Yeah, yeah that, that was the only reason I thought he brought on beat on. Yeah, so I might that might not be the case that a lot of people and myself included would think, oh well, he's brought on beat on because that's who he's going to play on Saturday if Julian's missing. But that might not might might not be the case. I think uh, I think honestly think I think Duffy's got a point to prove. And is, that the, is, that the, is that the poll that's coming for your opinion? Yeah, they're always they're always uh, they're always going by when I'm on this. <laughs> um, but I think I think Duffy's got a point to prove, and you know why would you have somebody sitting there like a coiled spring, ready to burst with you know enthusiasm and hunger, and not play him? You know, I mean, he's going to see what what Julie uh, what's what Shane Duffy is 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 like in training and his appetite and. Uh, you know, I, I, I think I think it wouldn't be a bad shit. And I certainly, if Julian had been fit, I think it for me it would have been Julian and an Ayer centre half. Uh, sorry, Julian and Duffy centre half and Ayer on the right. I think that was where it was going. Um, but this obviously potential injury is going to going to rock that. But somebody said in the comments there, um, when was the last time Brown played well against Rangers? You have to kind of go back a while. I think. I think maybe. To the game where we won the league against them, I think was that the game? Was it? When we won? No, when Forrest scored, Brown played well <laughs> that game. Uh, when Forrest scored, the what was the winner? Um, but it is a while. You've got to admit, it has been a while since you've kind of thought Brown bossed that game. Brown bossed that game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do agree with you. I do agree. Uh, there was another comment there. One of the Facebook users uh, actually says, uh, "Beat on has previously been brilliant at Ibrox, and that's true as well." So that that could that could maybe come into to Neil Lennon's thinking yeah. um, as we're go, going forward. I says yesterday, and I will repeat again. I reckon the next four weeks are massive for the short term and the long term future of Celtic, um, not just in the results or what. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. 
House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Happens on, uh, what happens on and off the park as well. Mm. Um, John Sanderson, I'm going to read this. I was quite mm. confident about going into the game at the weekend, but listening to yourselves is making me nervous. I think we've been quite positive, actually. I don't know. <laughs> I think we've been quite positive, actually. Um, I, I, I just, I'm not one to be like all gung-ho and blasé and like, oh, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. And, you know, I, we are not in a position yet to be talking like that, you know. Like, we, we are... As Neil Lennon has said, it's one game at a time. It's baby steps, and let's not forget. A few weeks ago, there was a hundred. There's hundreds of fans outside Celtic Park with a sack the board banner. That's where we were a few weeks ago, and that, that's certainly not left my memory. You know, I, 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 it was horrible seeing it. As I said at the time, I respect people's right to protest. I didn't necessarily agree with it. I didn't feel the urge to go to Celtic Park and join in with it because I didn't feel we were at that. Lowest, you know, low ebb. I didn't think we were at a sort of early nineties nadir where it was like, oh my god, this is like a nuclear implosion of the club. Um, but at the same time, it's just like you know, we can't just because we've had a few good results and you know, strung a few performances together, we can't be going there. going, oh, we're going to going to hammer Rangers. You know, the good old days are back, and you know, it'll be three going on four or whatever because they, they're they're a unit, they're a machine. And they've been playing well, they've been churning out results. Yes, they've maybe slowed down a little bit of late, but they're still going to... They, they've got the opportunity to put their foot in our throat here. And I can't believe that they have that opportunity, but they have by by design and by fortune with the way that the games have gone and the way that the, the, point, the, the games we've missed, sorry, has allowed them to have this huge lead. So psychologically, they're like, well, if we can win this game, but that can also play into our favour in, in terms of, well, are they thinking that, you know, they're home and host? They're not, they're not home. I've, I've had texts from Rangers support and friends who have been like, oh, it's over. Like, after the Ross County game, that's that's your dynasty over. That's, you know, it's, it's our turn now. The tide's turned. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You've not won anything yet. You've won nothing. Like, get back in your box and just sort of calm down a bit because I'm not, you know... I, I, I never texted Rangers fans. The first thing that I wanted to do whenever Celtic won a trophy or won a game against them was to go and celebrate it with my friends in a pub when you could do that. Uh, it wasn't my, my first instinct wasn't to go and text a Rangers supporting friends to noise them up. The, the mm-hmm. fact that they were sitting there stewing and raging and probably you know not speaking to their families because they were so annoyed and gutted at the way things had gone, that was enough for me. You know, I, I don't feel we need to text people. Um, so all these people that have come out of their boxes and under, from underneath stones in the last few weeks, you know, you can't retract texts and you can't, well, you can delete tweets, but, you know, there's screenshots and I've got a ton of screenshots here. So uh, I, I think it says more about the their enjoyment of football. Yeah, uh, what, what they actually get from football, ra- rather than what I get from football, which is enjoyment yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the the point with Graham Bell there uh, uh, is true. If Paul would put it back up, um, Brown, uh, 
Neil Lennon might go with Brown, and I think that's I do think that's a mistake if he go, goes 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 back with Brown. What I will say about the draw, and my thinking about the draw is if we get a draw and we keep a run going, a draw keeps our unbeaten run going. As you were you you, you quite rightly mentioned, it was baby steps, mm-hmm. right? I reckon if we get away, if we come away from Ibrox, we're not losing that game. And by the time we play them again in March, and we've been unbeaten from then to March and mm. taking them into Celtic Park, I'll be really looking for the tide be turning at that point. I'm I'm quite happy to take a draw just now, and so we can actually build more momentum going yeah. into, going into the business end of the season. And that's why I'm, I'm I'm sitting here sitting here at this precise moment going, if somebody gave you a draw, would you take it? I'd go. I would take it. Yes, as long. As in March time, we're still unbeaten. We've won every game since from Ibrox to we play them again at Celtic Park. Then I'll go right. Let's see what you've made it now. I think, well, I think that, that's and that, that's the way I'm thinking. That's the way I'm thinking. No, I think as long as we are not, we don't get schooled tactically. I think what's happened in the last number of games, including the League Cup final, as has been well documented, they probably should have won that game. I mean, they didn't ultimately. They still act like they did. But ultimately, they didn't. So, and you know, they can say what they want about an offside goal and all that. It was a goal that stood, and that's it. You know, if you want to talk about offside goals, let's go back to George Cadet in 1995 or six or whatever it was. I mean, that was horrendous. But anyway, uh, I think at the end of the game on Saturday, as long as we are sitting here or whoever's sitting here talking to you or talking to Paul, as long as we're talking about a really good performance where we were tactically aware if we get done by a penalty or we get done by something, you know, completely obscure, then fine. But we can't be coming away from that game on Saturday going, we didn't give it everything. We didn't turn up. We didn't fight for the jersey. You know, that that's it. That's, that's exactly what everybody wants. And if there's still people out with pitchforks for Lennon and the board, after a game where we've given everything and and just not and come up short, then I I don't understand what's going on really. But but I, I understand if, if if they haven't turned up, then they haven't given a performance. Then yeah, okay, fair enough. I I, I don't think those protests have went away. Um, I, I still think they're there, and I and I do think a a defeat, as you say, a defeat where we get schooled once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, then. The, the 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 pressure's back on Neil Lennon, yeah. uh, and those those voices will be to the to to the fore oh, again. Screaming. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not going to change my opinion. My opinions out there, <laughs> thousands of people have seen my opinion, and I'm not going to change my opinion. But I'm having a look. I'm having a look at this game. You see, you saw it yesterday. People going, "Oh, come on, St. Martin." Saturday's only one of three occasions we can actually influence what happens to Rangers. Yeah, yeah. It's only the one of three occasions. So we've got to look at it that way. I would be happy with a draw as long... Um, I would be happy... Look, I would be over the moon with a victory. Absolutely over the moon with a victory. But I've noticed some of the comments there. I'm, I'm not buying... Somebody says draw... The league's lost. Somebody says one win, league's won. No, even if we win, oh, no. the league's not won. No, even if we win, on Saturday, does Saturday decide it? If we lose, is it decided? 
If if we lose, I reckon if we lose, then we have a horrendous January. Then it is decided, and I'm talking about off the park. If we have a horrendous January off the park, but I don't think I, I don't think I draw the sides anything. I think it's still game. I still think there's a slim chance if it is a draw. A draw is not is not game over. Uh, I don't think. Um, but January is an important month in terms of you know, whether players are going to go or come in or, you know, I know Lennon said that he's not looking to sell players and and he's not looking to even, there's nobody that they've pinned. He might be talking nonsense. He may be keeping his cards close to his chest. They might have players identified already. I'd say if El Hamed leaves, we definitely need a right back. I'd say if Forrest is only going to come back into training in the next few weeks, he's probably not going to be playing until maybe the end of January or something like that. So I, I would say bringing in a right-sided midfielder, like a proper winger type, I still think that Patrick Roberts would be a good signing. I, I, I know there's a lot of people who have thrown the towel on him, but I, I I think he could come back and do something. But whether or not that happens, I don't know. And then you've got to talk about whether or not we keep players because Lennon said there was players that had come to him and said that they didn't want to be at the club anymore. He, mm-hmm. Yeah, he said that. I can't. I, that was a really, really weak moment, and I don't know why he put that out there. Especially after that game, it was kind of like it was such a weird thing to say. Um, because I knew it. I knew that there was players that didn't want to be there, uh, and they wanted their moves. Like Tierney's got his move. Like Dembele's got his move. You know, they they see the bright lights, big city, and the the big paycheck. And fair play to them if that. That's what motivates footballers these days. You know, that mm-hmm. Scott Brown cares about Celtic. That's why he's still there and he's not gone to England. Do you know what I mean? Scott Brown wanted to be an icon at Celtic, and he is, and he always will be. He could have gone to Newcastle, he could have gone to Spurs or whoever else has been linked with him, but he didn't, eh? he stayed. But these other guys are like, no, nah, we want to move, and that's fine. Whether or not they go next month, who knows? I, I, I don't know. Who knows? And that's that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. The the next four weeks is massive for Celtic to see where we are next season. Never mind this season. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that the players that you're coming in, you you may, you would want an, a wide player, a right back. Yeah. Um, it's quite obvious that Fraser Foster's not coming back. I think Neil Lennon's made that quite clear. Um, <sighs> Paddy Roberts, I feel like singing Let It Go. <laughs> just let, him and Benkovic, I know Paul's in the background here. Him and Benkovic, <laughs> just let it go, man. Uh, uh, do we want a DeLorean to go back to 2011 and get Peak Samaras back? Yeah. <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind that for Saturday. <laughs> um, so, I, I, I think, I said to Paul yesterday, if we're, going to, if we're going to bring in players, I do reckon it'll be, it will be the loan market that we will, will go in. I agreed yeah. with Paul, it would be a, a market that, uh, oh, there's Paul putting up his own comment. Do you <laughs> see that, man? Benkovic, yeah. Robertson, Foster, there we go. <laughs> um, I think I could see it being like the loan market when we brought in Tolian, we brought in uh, uh, Weir and... Uh-huh. Ollie yeah, Burke, Ollie Burke. The, the, the great the great idea it was Ollie Burke who still seems to get moves and an enigma, an absolute enigma uh, of a player. 
I think people look at Ollie Burke and go, there must be a footballer in there somewhere. And and guys like Wilder at Sheffield United must think, I'm the, I'm the guy to bring out that player. I'm the guy to bring out that player. Yeah. A right back, I do think if Alhamid goes back to Israel, then we do need a right back. And I was talking about loans there. And I'm going to fire a name out here. And I, and I know I'm going to get slagged for it. This guy's really impressed me this season in Scotland. And his loan deal is ending with St. Johnson. Uh, on the on the 31st of December. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy called uh, Danny McNamara oh, who, plays, who plays right back. And not who the embrace. No, no, the singer for Embrace, no. <laughs> I, I don't know if he can play right back. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I've seen Embrace. I, I love Embrace. I really yeah. do. I can, I, I, can, I can you love them as well. Yeah. But he's been really decent at right back for St. Johnson this season. And for a curveball I reckon we could probably get him on loan at the end of the season to cover the right back if Ilhamed goes. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? that? That's just for me. I, I've I've been really impressed with the guy. I think he's too good for St. Johnson for what I've seen. And you just want him to sign so we can sing the 90s McNamara song again. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the Charlie and the Boys 90s McNamara song? I struggle to say McNamara. So I didn't... <laughs> I, I, I didn't want I didn't want any of them in, in the team, but I, I, I like. Them. People dismiss sometimes like players that play in the in, in our league, you know. And I think you know more for them to to sort of say that because remember we we pulled a gap out of nowhere from Hibs mm-hmm. for fifty grand or whatever it was, and uh, he went on to be unbelievable for us, you know. Like I mean, he was an incredible signing. And, and I think was that not McLeish's fault for not tying him down in a deal? He got a short term. He got a short. They signed him for Rafe Rovers and they gave him a short term deal. Aye, and then he managed to. So the, the, all the other Hibs fans were going mental that you know we signed him, and you know there's Hibs fans. I was in a conversation with a, a very very uh, passionate Hibs fan the other day who was just like, "Oh, you buy all, you know, Celtic are just you know a rich club, and you know blah blah blah." And, you know, you you just buy up all our players and then don't play them and everything else. And I was just like, well, yeah, okay, that has happened on a few occasions. A lot of occasions, like Scott Brown, for example, Lee Griffiths. Um, you know, that's just the nature of football. It's not like you, it's not like Barcelona don't sign players from the Spanish league and then develop them, or you know, Bayern Munich in Germany. You know, that it happens in leagues. It's just just the nature of the you know the the, the order of the of the the tree, so to speak. So, like, I, I, I you know, I, I would not uh, hesitate, at, you know, going for somebody that's performed, like Greg Taylor, for example. Greg Taylor performed mm-hmm. like for Kilmarnock, Kilmarnock, and earned himself a transfer fee of three million pounds, which you know we paid that at Turnbull to from mm-hmm. Motherwell, you know, as well we paid that. So, you know, I think if guys know the league and uh, you know they've they've had that sort of grounding against all the teams and have played consistently well, then I, you know, I, I wouldn't be against it. But I think we definitely need a right-back to come in, I would say. Danny McNamara. See, I can't say McNamara. Eh? That's, that's why I didn't want us to sign any more of them. But this guy, <laughs> the guy for St. John's, he's also a Republic Island internationalist. So right. there, is, there is pedigree there. Mm-hmm. And my St. Johnson mate, uh, Fraser, he, he pointed him out to me. He says, that guy's too good for us. And I've yeah. watched him a couple of times. And I went, by the way, he's right. He's spot on. And yeah. I reckon he would do a job for us at right back. I, I really do think that he would do a job for us at right back. He's not a, he's not a big fancy name, 
But mm. I think it, I think he could do a job for us at right back. I've, I've been looking at some of the comments, and again, you can see them as well. But yeah. somebody put embracing Coldplay in the same bracket there—that's load of rubbish. That I didn't yeah. like Coldplay. I Aye, he says embracing Coldplay were rubbish. Oh, come on. That's nonsense. I'm, 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 I'm giving them Coldplay. I'm not giving them Coldplay, but I'm not giving them Embrace. No way am I giving them Embrace. Like People like, see, uh, Coldplay, I saw Coldplay at the Liquid Room in 2000, the year 2000, just as Yellow had come out and Parachutes and all that, and it was absolutely amazing. And I've just, I've always liked them since that moment, and I know that they're considered a bit sort of, you know, mediocre or bland or whatever, but I think they've got some great songs and you don't get to that level of success unless you're half decent, you know. It's not, you know, they're not Star Sailor, for example. They're, oh, they're Strange, strangely enough, uh, strangely enough, I went to see Spiritualized and the bass player for Star Sailor now plays with Spiritualized. He's, oh, in, right. he's in Jason Pierce's session band. Oh, but Jack found completely mind blown when I when yeah. I found that out that yeah. he's now that the guy for Star Sailor has now got a decent gig. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I I certainly didn't hear a bad word said about either of those bands, but I, I get that they're not everyone's everyone's uh, everyone's taste. But guess uh, Paul saying a Coldplay weren't massive, you'd love the first few LPs, Dave. Well, I'm I'm sure I'll maybe need to go back because he he, he did eventually com- convince me about Radiohead, and when I was mentioning what what convinced about Radiohead, are you? I had, to, I, I, had to, I had to be convinced about Radiohead, and oh. since and since I've been working from home, I've actually worked my way through their whole albums, yeah, and yeah. I, I'm now going. How come it's took me 23 years never to listen to OK Computer? Oh. I've missed 23 years of having an okay computer in my life so <laughs> that's a, so I'm, I'm not willing to write everybody off on, on some days of the week okay computer is my favorite album of all time you know like you could catch me on a Tuesday and ask me and it would I, I would say okay computer because I just love that record so much I bought it the day it came out just on a whim I was like when I get that because I kind of like paranoid Android the single it was out and I, I got it and I went home, listened to it, and then I listened to it again, and then again. I listened to it three times in a row, and I hadn't done that with an album, maybe since, probably since, I don't know, Morning Glory, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. And I just fell in love with it, and I was like, right, okay, I'm completely in on Radiohead. I'm going to go and see them the next time I can. And first time I saw them was in the tent on the Kid A tour in Glasgow Green. Uh, same night Celtic played Helsinki. Chris Sutton scored. Remember, uh, I, I, uh, I, I, I think extra time, mate. Yeah, so I was like checking the score and uh, getting folk to text me. Um, Radiohead can't tie Pink Floyd's boots. Well, we're not comparing Radiohead with Pink Floyd here. Like, I mean, but <laughs> I get Pink Floyd are on a different plane, so that's fair enough. But uh, uh, here, you were going to ask me about my highlight of twenty twenty. Yes. Well, let's get it back onto football since aye, aye. somebody called Fender Taylor saying, what's what's Coldplay got to do with Celtic? And I kind of <laughs> agree. What has Coldplay got to do with Celtic? Well, I mean, obviously this year's been horrendous for a number of reasons, personally and, and obviously in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, uh, in a football sense as well, just obviously not getting to go to the games. So I think my highlight has to be the Scottish Cup final purely because of the importance of the moment and you know, the fact that it was almost going away from us and I was starting to have 
real nightmares about what would happen if we lost that game and you know the amount of gloating that would be done by several jambos that I know and everything else so to, to, to come back and to win it on penalties was I mean that'll go down in Celtic history for the fact that it'll be the first Scottish Cup final that was played without any fans you mm-hmm. know and the fact that it was like Connor Hazard that was in goals and a penalty shootout you know Christopher Iyer thumping home the winner I mean it was absolutely amazing but the the highlight for me, other than that, would be the first half against St Johnston at McDermott Park in February, when mm-hmm. we absolutely blew them away. And that that first half was like complete and utter perfect football. And yeah, you could say it's St Johnston away or whatever, but it was just and it, and to witness that sort of comeback from the defeat against against Rangers at Parkhead and. And just to see the team like absolutely playing with a freedom that was, you know, oh, it was it was amazing. And I was obviously going to the game, so that that I missed that so much that aspect of going. I know, to the I know. Uh, and and like actually just being there on a freezing cold night in you know uh, Perth or wherever, and you know like the St Johnston Cup game when Ryan Christie scored and the the ground was like an absolute quagmire, you know things like that. You know it was just I was. Every Scottish Cup game, right up to well, when it stopped, you know, I was at, I was at Clyde away, uh, Partick away, St Johnson away, um, and then obviously, you know, couldn't get to go to the the the, the, the last away game. Um, I was at, and I was with Paul. Was the St Johnson Cup game? That was the last away game. That that was the last away game. I was at. I do miss yeah. it. I do miss going to the games, um, but. It's a worldwide pandemic, <laughs> and, and 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 it's something that we just need to. It's something that we look see at this point next year, and this takes us on to the next point of the, the podcast that I was going to bring up. We have been hug my name. People look forward and look back and yeah. eat shortbread and dance to Jackie Bird on BBC Telly and you, Joe Hollands and and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, this point next year. I want to be back at the football and back at gigs. Me and you are massive music heads. I want to I want to go and see the Twilight Sad at the Barrowlands doing the quadraphonic and if that's ever going to happen. I want yeah. I want I want that to happen. Um so at this point next year, right? Who do you think in the Celtic team we will say goodbye to, whether they'll leave or an influence? Who who do you think at 2021? This year's been the final year at Celtic. Oh, I think there's a few. I think there's a few. I mean, sadly, there is a few. I think there's a natural end for guys like Tom Rogic. I think we held on to him just, and thank God we did, by the way, because he's still going to make a contribution. Um, and I think going to Qatar is it's just the going. It's like a footballer's kind of you know graveyard, really, isn't it? Where you just go out there and. Get, fair enough, you get paid loads of money, but you know you don't play at any level. Nobody sees you playing. It's not as if Qatari football is prominent on any of the channels, so you just disappear into a kind of footballing abyss. Mm. Um, so I, you know, I, I would like to think Rogic would get a move to a better league, um, just so that he can keep playing at a, a high level. So I think he'll go and he'll definitely go with everyone's best wishes as he was getting when we thought he was going because you saw all the, the platitudes on Twitter, you know, farewell mm-hmm. Tom Rogich and all that. And then it's like, oh, well, he's actually staying. Um, and I think Cham, I think, is a certainty to go. You know, I think it's his, his, his head's elsewhere. 
I don't doubt that. And I think maybe had it not been for COVID, he probably would have gone in the summer. Um, controversially, I think Callum McGregor will leave. I think. Oh, that's a controversial one. I, I think. I think. I don't know where he'll go. I, I think the Premiership a likely destination, but I think. I think he might leave. I don't want him to go. Obviously, I think he's a natural successor to Brown with the captaincy and all that, and he's obviously steeped in Celtic uh, from being a like academy kid and everything else. But I don't know. I just don't. I, I see him wanting to go and challenge himself elsewhere. And likewise, Christie. I think you know everybody kind of knows that Christie wants to go and play somewhere else. Nice have been linked with him would be a great move for him in terms of his lifestyle. I lived in Nice for six months. It's a brilliant place on the south of France. You know, I, I, you know, I would, I wouldn't leave Celtic to go there. But if I was a football player, I would go and play there for a hundred million percent. Would go and play there. Um, I wouldn't leave Celtic for anybody. But then that's me. I'm, I'm not. I know. I know. You know. I mean, I'm not them. So, uh, I that, that's the that's, that's the few that I can. Certainly, name that I think will not be here this time next year. I think uh, McGregor. If McGregor's going to go, he'll go wherever Brendan Rodgers is at that point, uh, which could be Leicester City, could be Arsenal. Yeah. Um, at, at that point, um, for me, I think Ryan Christie will, will go in the summer as well. I think he'll have a half decent Euros with Scotland, and he'll get the move that he wants. Um, down there, my my controversial one, who I don't think will be in the Celtic team this year at this point next season, is Christopher Julien. I think Christopher Julien will leave Celtic in the summer. Mm. Um, mainly, if if the two French lads go, I think Julien will follow them. I yeah. think I, I think Julien fancies a, a crack at the English Premiership, mm. and I think he'll be the. I think for me, if you're looking for a wild card who won't be at Celtic. At the start of next season, will be Julian. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the obvious one that we didn't speak about there was Edward. Uh, he will probably go, won't he? I mean, I, I think we've already held on to Edward longer than any of us anticipated that we would. Um, mm-hmm. I just hope that it's like Dembele when we had Dembele. It's just like appreciating them when they're here, you know, instead of worrying about when they're going to go, which they inevitably will. You know, like I, I, I think back to the time when Dembele was here. The guy was unbelievable. For I know, I know. Like he was absolutely since he destroyed Rangers, absolutely destroyed them. Like, but in a way that not many players have done since Larson. In fact, no one's done it since Larson. I would, you know, you could say Hooper or whatever, but not Dembele was different gravy. The back heel in that semi final. I mean that's that's immortal. That's that's up there with Macavenny for me. Definitely, uh, I know, I know, brilliant. Uh, so you know, I I I think with Edward, I'm just going to enjoy him while he's here and enjoy goals like like yesterday that we lob. Hopefully, he's got another one in the locker for Saturday. Yes, definitely. I, I've said about Ed, Edward and um, Dembele that both will finish, finish their careers with a Champions League winners medal. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll still stand by that comment. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing that we maybe need to watch if the three French lads leave is uh, Frank Pong is very friendly with them as well. Yeah. And he's already, he's already had a taste of the big time with Man City. 
So he could he could be another one that's uh, not itching to leave, but if the opportunity arises, uh, his head might be turned. Yeah, I think well, we just have to accept that like players that these days aren't going to be like Scott Brown. You know, they're not going to be committed to a club for their pretty much the rest of their career when they sign at an age of whatever Brown was, what twenty four, twenty three, twenty four. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just unlikely that that's going to happen. It's just we we were luck, we were fortunate to get Brown at that time, uh, despite another team wanting them and we paid the money a lot of people questioned the money but I mean God the, 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 what we've got out of Scott Brown for the four million or whatever it was we paid it's absolutely ridiculous really you know and anybody that could argue oh well you know I have fan going oh why did why did you know Scott why did you sign Scott Brown it's like well we signed Scott Brown and he's been our you know linchpin in our midfield for 10 years it's not like we signed him and like made him sit on the bench you know it wasn't a uh Oh God, who was that guy? We say like, like Ulrich Larson, or you know, somebody. Who was a striker? Yeah. Who was the striker we signed from Hibs that? Uh, Chris Cullen. Chris Cullen, ah, yeah, yeah. It was like how, how can you how can you ever forget Chris Cullen? Uh, I mean, well, I tried that, my best. that that last minute winner against Gretna for Park, I'll, I'll <laughs> always, I'll, I'll, we'll always have that moment. Me and Chris. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, with my. As I say, I think Julian could be a surprise one to leave. And so the next question that leads on to who will be sitting here raving about on Hug Money 2021? And I'm, go- I'm going to come in. I'll, I'll, I'll come in my minds first. Okay, give, you, give you a bit of time. I think at Hug Money 2021, we are going to be raving about Jack Hendry in a Celtic shirt. Oh, wow. See, I, I, I don't have a problem with that. I, I I thought Jack Hendry was treated really, really badly. And see, if you look at the run of his uh, games, it was all games we lost. And, it, and you know, it, it was just a bad run. And the, I think in those three games, the Celtic support made up their mind about Jack Hendry. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't responsible solely for the losses. It was a team thing. Kevin, on the glue now. <laughs> but I, I really think that Jack Hendry got a rough a rough ride of it, you know. I, I, I'm not saying he's going to come back and become a Celtic captain or anything mental like that. Do you know, I remember one time, guy next to me, and I sat in my old seat up in the uh, Jock Steen stand. So I had a, a season ticket from 98 to 2008 in the Jock Steen stand. And there's a, a guy sat next to me and Raphael Scheidt came up for a header and uh, put it, I don't even know if he headed it, or it was a corner, and then as he was running back to the halfway line, the guy next to me went, see the way he's running back to the halfway line there, son? Reminds me a lot of big Billy McNeil. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, the way he's running back to the halfway line reminds you of Billy McNeil. I'm like, that doesn't say much for Billy McNeil, if that's, you know, or it doesn't say much for Raphael Scheich, if that's your only comparison, is the way that he runs back to the halfway line. I just went, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> so, well, uh, well the, guy, the guy who scouted uh, Jack Henry says he was like Beckenbauer. Beckenbauer, yeah. sorry. He did say that. And uh, I reckon him getting um, taken out of Scotland, going to Belgium, going to a decent league in Belgium and just getting himself a, a time to breathe out with... The, the whole bubble of the Scottish game will do him good in a summer which looks like we are going to rebuild and I'll also say as well 
that I reckon uh, it'll be Henry and Greg Taylor. We'll be looking at Greg Taylor completely differently yeah. at, at Hugman A 2021. I, I was going to say, you got Jack in, but <laughs> uh, are we going to bring Schwed back from Belgium as well and really make it a party then? I just have. Uh... I, 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 I think the. I, I don't find. I, I can't see a future for him at Celtic. He sounds like a, no. his attitude seems to be utterly stinking. The has been terminated. Yes, yes. But I, I do have a bit of hope for Jack Henry. I, I really do. I, I, think there's, I, I do think there's a player there. And and I do hope that this year, taking him out, out of the fire line completely, sending him, sending him to Belgium, he's been really, really good in Belgium, will do us good in the long term. Yeah. I, I've got a feeling Mikey Johnson's going to be our first team starter by then. I think Mikey Johnston will be just from what I've, I've obviously only seen what everyone else has seen of him, you know, and he's never really had a consistent run of games, but I think he might take one of the midfield places that's up for grabs, you know, when, when there's departures in the summer, inevitable departures in the summer. I think I think Mikey Johnson has what it takes to be a, like a proper first team player at Celtic, whereby his name's on the team sheet like a McGregor or like a, a Christie or whatever. Um, mm. I just, uh, providing he steers clear of injuries, because obviously he's, he's had his problems with that, but I, 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 I really like him. I think he's, I think he's a really lively, you know, very kind of unpredictable player, you know, and we've not had anybody like that for, for quite a while, I don't think. Somebody that can just, you know, open a tin of beans with his left foot, uh, I, I, there, there you go. There's one of your analogies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so Sean F is commenting. Luke O'Connell will come through next year, guaranteed. There's another one as well. If there's going to, there could be room open up in the squad if Cham and Christie leave, then mm-hmm. there could be could be room for him. Mm-hmm. Before we go, we need to get your prediction for uh, Saturday. So what are you oh. going for? Right, well, I don't normally do predictions. Uh, I, I really don't, and it's not something I normally feel comfortable with. But um, if my heart is ruling my head, I'm going to go 2 1 Celtic. You're going 2 1 Celtic? Yeah, 2 1 Celtic. And then that's not on a kind of, oh, we're amazing, they're rubbish, or anything like that. They're, they're, they're clearly a good team, but they haven't come up against anything like what we've got. And when they have come up against anything recently, including St Mirren, well, St Mirren beat them and beat them well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they struggled against, uh, was it Dundee United away? They struggled. They got a 2 1 at Dundee United. Uh, they were 1 0 down to Motherwell for 75 minutes or 73 minutes or something like that. So they were looking a bit shaky there. You know, I, 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 you know, I just don't think they've come up against anything like us. So, you know, if you're putting form versus form, and I know form always goes out the window with these games, or supposedly does, I, I, I that's that's what I'm basing my opinion on. I've got, I've got a feeling about it because, you know, I, if if we were where we were three or four weeks ago, mm-hmm. it would be a horrible, horrible situation to be going from say the Ross County game or the St Johnston game straight into a game at Ibrox, but what we've built in the last few weeks surely doesn't just disappear on Saturday at half past twelve. Hopefully hopefully it doesn't. Uh, as I say, we are we are in a better 
place where we were three or four weeks ago. It's maybe not the place where we wanted to be, uh, but it's better than what we are. I'm going. I'm going to go with my heart here. I'm not going to go with my heart. I'm just going to let my heart overrule my head, and I'm going to go three two Celtic. I'm going to go three two Celtic, and uh, then hopefully, aye, three two, three two Celtic with Lee Griffiths scoring two of them. Just, just, just for a, just for, for the banter, just for, just for the banter, like. Eh? So I mean, going by, going by recent stats, I mean. How is David Turnbull not getting a goal in that game? Whether it's a winning goal, whether it's an equalising goal, opening goal, whatever. I mean, you've got to look at his form going into that game. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be looking forward to facing David Turnbull as a Rangers player. Put it that way, because uh, the guys, the guys definitely got. It. I said at the start, the guys definitely got it. Hopefully their back one's not looking forward to uh, meeting G- G- Griffiths and Eddie. So, want, just want to thank JP for coming on. He's Can always I, a pet. I wanted to say thank you. Uh, a friend of mine posted this to me. A guy I used to work with at the, at the bank. He used to work for a bank a few years ago. And, uh, and this guy saw a post that I put up on Facebook about how much the Scottish Cup final in 1988 meant to me. And... Uh, he posted this to me. He had two copies. He went to the game with his mum. I wasn't at the game. I watched it with my dad. And that's how I started supporting Celtic, basically watching that game. And he, he sent me his spare copy of the match programme. Oh, brilliant. So I, I, I can't even believe I actually have this in my hand. Like I, I never you know, thought I would have a copy of this. So that, that's amazing. So thank you to Andy Duncan for, for doing that. That means a lot to me. So cheers. Well, well done, Andy. That's that's what being a Celtic fan's all about. So, before we wrap up today, uh, I just want to thank everybody uh, for tuning in and for their comments. And also, I just want to wish all the Celtic State of Mind uh, watchers, listeners, commenters a happy new year when it comes. And hopefully, 2021 is going to be a lot better in 2020 for all of us. So, Thank you very much, lads, and keep the faith. Hail, hail, and hopefully we, hopefully we do it on a Saturday. See you yeah. later. See you later. and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. 
Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203-203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203-203. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.